So first of all, good evening. I am yours truly, Dr. Bayer Pierre. This is your first time joining. This is my episode of Doctors Reacts, Real Physician Reacts, where I come on and I just talk about a topic that comes across the social media feed one way, shape, or form. Tonight, we're talking about COVID. Now, this is a topic that people have been wanting to talk about. So we're, I, I'm opening up the floodgates to talk about COVID. But I'm going to start off with the most recent news that we heard earlier this week, which is President Biden is ending. Well, I, I, ending is tough word, right? I'll say not renewing the public health emergency protections and rules and regulations and everything that went with it. That's ending. That's coming down in May. And for a lot of people who may be nervous, may be concerned what this is even mean. Um, we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to try to answer some COVID related questions, vaccine related questions, uh, because I, I know you have them. So anytime I give one of my COVID reviews, and first of all, appreciate you joining, appreciate you joining. Make sure you send likes, make sure you send um, some hearts, make sure you're sharing away. Anytime I talk about COVID, I like to give us kind of an overview of what to expect, what we're dealing with when we're talking about COVID as far as the numbers are concerned, because it's one thing to kind of just talk about COVID and live COVID, uh, but like really understanding just how significant COVID has been in these past three plus years is extremely important, right? So let's give some numbers out. We'll talk about cases. We'll talk about deaths. We'll talk about vaccination just so, so we can kind of get it over with. That's a very good question. Someone's asking, is it is it over with? That's a very good question here. So here in the United States, here in the United States, we have had a total of a hundred and two uh, million cases with 1.1 million deaths. As far as vaccinations are concerned, because I know that's always big. Hey, how are you doing? 668 million doses of vaccines have been given out here in the United States with 69.7% of the population being vaccinated. Now, you may remember, especially in the early pandemic, a big number we were looking for was 70%, 70%. Like, can we ever get to 70%? Of course, we were hoping to get to that 70% in like the year, like when it first hit, obviously it did not happen. But as we, as we kind of move forward, we're, we're inching, we're getting close, but obviously the pace has dropped, right? So let's talk about worldwide numbers because obviously we are a global society. We understand when we talk about pandemic, we're talking about a disease that affects the world. You know, remember the world shut down, right? So this is what's happened worldwide. 670 million cases, 13 billion, 13 billion with a B vaccine doses have been given out worldwide with 65% of the world being vaccinated. And again, I think that's important, especially when we talk about the level of context, when we talk about how did we get to this point here where in a few months, the United States has said, hey, you know what? These, these public health declarations, these public health emergency, and more importantly, the state of emergency that we put out there were taken away. Like, how did we get to this point here? And more importantly, for the common general person, what does this mean? So I posted a video uh, earlier this week when I talked about how concerned I was with the ending of the public health 
uh, emergency statute, right? And and for those who may not know, especially if you're just your first time seeing me, follow me one way, shape, or form. I always speak at the level of those who are typically deprived, typically underserved, typically uncared for, undercared for. So I'm, a lot of times when I'm speaking, I'm speaking from that level, right, of a point of view. So when I see something like the public health emergency as state of emergency is kind of going away. Now, mind you, the writing has been on the wall, especially if you're politically inclined and you kind of keep up to that. Our our government, right, the government that we have, um, they weren't renewing the finances. They weren't renewing the aid for COVID-19 help. It's the reason why we had less people um, testing. It's the reason why we had uh, less companies and organizations giving out tests. Doing, like That's the reason why, because the government wasn't cutting those checks no more. So the writing has been on the wall for the decision that we're at today, right? So none of us, especially us, or none of us are shocked that we've gotten to this point. But it's still, obviously, it's still disheartening, especially when we talk about, um, as far as deaths, right? Like COVID deaths, we had 1.1 million, 900 people died yesterday of COVID. And so we've gotten to a point, especially in this country, and you know, we've gotten to a point in this country where we're okay with 900 people dying. We're okay with that. Like that's, that's a sobering fact, but because it's not on the TV anymore, because it's not constantly being blasted over and over and over again, it is just like, oh, okay, 900 people died. So as we move to this point and we we're talking about the fact that they're going to start removing restrictions away and they're start they're going to take this state of emergency away. We have to ask ourselves, like, all right, what does this mean for the common person? So let's give some scenarios of what occurs now because we have this state of emergency. Because we have this state of emergency now, if I want to get tested for COVID, guess what I do? I just go to the store. I just go to your local pharmacy. I get tested for COVID. If I want to get treated for COVID, guess what I do? I follow up with one of my clinicians or someone in the health department. They write me a prescription and that prescription is uh, paid for, right? So like the treatment, especially when we talk about outpatient basis, that's treated. If you're one of the unfortunate people who get treated on an inpatient basis for COVID, we know that especially from a hospital related standpoint, the hospitals actually get reimbursed more because they know it actually costs more Yes, that what 900 people was uh, in the United States. We know that it costs more to take care of COVID patients, so the hospitals are actually getting reimbursed more. From a hospital perspective, one of the weird rules that we used to have is that if you got admitted to the hospital and you were ready to go to a skilled nursing facility, like a rehab, like the patients I take care of, you had to wait 72 hours. Now, don't, don't ask me where they got this crazy rule from, but you had to wait 72 hours for that to occur. Now, because of the public health emergency, you could just go. We had around the corner people testing. We had drive-by testing. We had vaccination. Like if you want a vaccine right now, you could just go get it. You, you weren't concerned about the cost of getting said vaccine. I saw some people kind of get a little bit of an uproar because Moderna, I think it was Moderna, had put out that they were going to start charging for the vaccine. You know the reason why? Oh, thank you. Moderna have put out that they were going to start charging for the vaccine. You know the reason why? Oh, thank you. Um, someone said they love the shirt. You know the reason why you can't charge for the vaccine now? 
because this public health emergency, this public health emergency is not allowing. I don't want to say not allowing. Let me take that back. This public health emergency essentially is compensating these companies, the Moderna's, the Pfizer, the Johnson and Johnson's, Novartis. They're compensating these companies for the vaccines they're providing. So you just go in, you get your vaccine, it's free. You're keeping it moving. So it's it's you're going to see, especially up until the day that it officially ends. I'm okay. I obviously I I I hate to say push because push push seems so bad. Especially because I, I see the YouTube comments and they call me they call me a, a, a double agent for Pfizer and Moderna. They push seems so bad, but I highly recommend getting vaccinated. I highly recommend uh, getting boosted because I know it's free right now. So we're going to have a significant population of people who are not going to be able to have access to a vaccine, who are not going to be able to have access to a boost. Now, mind you, it's going to be there. You can go to your Walgreens, your pharmacy. Yeah, encourage. I love that. Encourage is a better word. I strongly encourage people to get vaccinated. So it's not like these vaccines are disappearing from the the pharmacies of the world. But what's going to happen is that now all of a sudden a cost comes with it. Even if let's say you're you happen to be insured. Right. Again, even if you're insured, you don't have to pay nothing. Guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to start worrying about co-pays. There are so many things that are about to happen once these uh, um, once that state of emergency gets lifted that I think is going to be a culture shock for a lot of people, especially people who have been kind of whole humming. And, and you're, that is definitely true. Your insurance may or may not cover it. So for those who've been just kind of chilling, waiting, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Once that day comes and you have no choice and you start seeing people say that this Pfizer vaccine the same vaccine that was free a month ago is 150 bucks is 100 bucks like that is that is where i think the culture shock is going to come for a lot of people and of course what typically happens is those who are underserved those who are uninsured those who are underinsured because we have a lot of people in this country who are underinsured as well they are primarily going to continue to get affected by the change again this is a change that is going to happen if there's nothing there's nothing that like and again i know i saw a lot of people blaming biden right but again it's 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 short-sighted it's short-sighted to blame the administration he can only do so much and again i'm not the you know by super biden supporter even though well yeah especially if i gotta talk about a comparison yeah but he can only do so much when there's no funding and he already has a Congress that's not going to allow funding to occur. So he has to do it. So fortunately, he, he's at least given the states a couple months to kind of prepare. He's given the states, he's given the health clinics, he's given them a couple months to kind of prepare for what's about to go down. And I think it's going to be important for us, especially for us uh, content creators, health content creators, public health professionals, those who are really... Um, you know, educating their communities to let people know like there is going to be a drastic change. Now, mind you, I, I just mentioned like deaths are still happening. Like people are still dying, right? So, and by the hundreds daily. So it, it's not as if we've turned this corner as far as the number of deaths. It's not, we haven't turned that corner yet, but we've just gotten pushed to a place where, you know what? They're just going to do what they're going to do. Right. So 
you know, let me let me uh, let me stop my monologue. Let's 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 get some, we'll get to some questions here. But like again, I again, that's, I'm really trying to stress that it's really going to be a problem, um, especially once this once these uh, criteria and 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 I was looking. In fact, let me see if I have my just some of some other things that are coming that are going to be going away uh, once that occurs as far as the, the public health, right, before we get to questions. Uh, we talked about how hospitals are going to get less funding uh, because of it. Oh, those who are on COBRA insurance expect those to start, patients start getting dropped from, especially people start getting dropped from those plans as well. You have a lot of protections from an insurance-related standpoint as far as them dropping you, as far as them requiring to pick up the costs. Disability is going to be a big one. Long COVID has definitely been something that you see continue to be on the forefront of discussion. That's going to ramp up once the protections that is available now go away. Uh, let me see if I have anything uh, big for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's, a, that's what a lot of the big ones. A lot other ones are more insurance related. That you know we may talk about it in, especially if I get a question on it. But a lot of it's insurance related but again you're just going to see the costs you're seeing costs rise right so we got our first so this is our just kind of our first question here let me see if i can highlight pin this so um rafi i apologize rahi i apologize i pronounced it incorrect so he's asking is covid over so this is what is probably driving people like me people like dr rubin laughter and like neighborhood virologists and all others kind of wild because we have continuously been making moves as if we've gotten over the hump. And I'm on record to say some of the things that will tell you that we've gotten over hump is that we have a good you know, percentage of our people vaccinated. We kind of got that. Again, we're at the 69%, could be higher. I'm in the state of Florida, we're around 70%. So at least, all right, kind of check. Even though, and that's just the vaccination. When we talk about those who've been vaccinated and updated with boosted, uh, that number drops under 25%. So, yes, we got a lot of people who've gotten that first series. But when we talk about people who need to get boosted, especially while it's free, that number drops significantly. Especially because we know what these variants are doing. So we see uh, we see not necessarily a rise in cases. It's, they're, they're just kind of remaining steady. Our deaths are remaining steady. So these are, again, these are very classic signs of, oh, we just turned the corner. We're like there. But what's happened, especially from a public health perspective, is that we're just saying like, hey, you know what? COVID is here. And COVID is something we're going to have to live with. And because COVID is something I have to live with, I can't keep these, these public health emergency protocols in play anymore. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to allow... Moderna and Pfizer, like if you think people hate Pfizer and Moderna, where even though Moderna doesn't get really hate right now, which is so weird to me, and Johnson Johnson, they don't get that much hate. If you think people hate these vaccines company now, wait till folks start hearing the prices that they start charging for a vaccine that our government, our government funded, right? Wait till, yeah, that's, that's really when it's going to be a, a, a different, a different, a different ball game. Oh, this is a very good question, right? And this is a very common question I get, right? Hi, I haven't had COVID yet. Is this possible? Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people. It's not 
out of like obviously what we wrote what we read like 102 million it's not out of the ordinary for someone not to have gotten COVID, right? For lots of different reasons. Let's think about this, right? You could, you might have had COVID, but been asymptomatic from it, right? You could have been one of the lucky ones, right? And because you're asymptomatic, there's no reason to test you. You may have been routinely tested, but guess what? When they tested you, you happen to be negative. So yes, there's a lot of people still to this day kind of dodging COVID. Like they just, it just has not come across. Now, I'll tell you, like, again, I work in a hospital, uh, work in rehabs, work in long-term care center. My whole family has tested for COVID, and I have not tested positive for COVID. I don't know how that's possible. Of course, my wife blames me for giving the family COVID. She might be right. But, like, when, when she was feeling ill and when the kids were feeling ill, now, mind you, we were all vaccinated boosted, so the illness was, like, for a day or so because that's how it's supposed to be. We go to get tested. I'm the only one who came back negative. Again, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that goes. But yes, there are a lot of people who are still um, pretty diligent about not getting it. I don't want no one to get it. I don't want no one to have a first time experience of it because we don't know how someone's first time experience of it will be. You may be one of those people who get um, asymptomatic, never even know about it. You may be one of the ones who, let's say you're vaccinated, boosted, you get it, get a little sniffle and keep it moving. You may, you may be one of the fortunate ones, but if, if, if you're not right, we don't want you to end up sick to the point where, you know, you have to go you know, see the doctor and then you have to go to the house. We, we don't, we don't even want to test that. And so that's why I used to, it used to drive me crazy when I would hear people say, oh, you know, it's only a one, 2% mortality rate, one to 2% mortality rate, because one, they're totally, totally neglecting all of the people who will forever be disabled from the disease. The people who survived, right, who didn't die from it, but because they didn't die from it, now they forever are on breathe, they are either a breathing machine, they've had a tube uh, breathed through them, they've been trached, right, they've had paid. Like, there's a lot of people who fit that category as well, which, especially with these public health emergencies ending, I'm very concerned about, because if people don't recognize and don't start, you know, doing the things they need to do, a.k.a. seeing doctors, getting documentation. When it comes time to fill out for disability, problems can arise. So, again, there's so many protections that were available to us because we had these public health protections involved that now that it's going away, like it is it, definitely fearful. Let's see here. Let's see. Let's see. Yep. Yeah. We had a lot of people who um, haven't gotten it yet. Oh, oh, this, oh, so this is a good question, right? So, uh, same, so guessing it will be a while till we hit herd immunity or am I wrong? So good question, right? So when we talked, especially in the beginning, when we were talking about like, all right, guys, if we could just get to 70%, if we could just get to 70%, the reason why we were trying to hit that and hit that as quickly as we did was because we knew that if we could get a good amount of this population vaccinated, protected, we can try to foresee blocking and getting out the way of these variants that we knew were going to come. I think a lot of people, especially when they hear the new variant, this new variant, that, I think a lot of people feel that like those on our side like are shocked by surprise by. We just know how viruses work. The same way antibiotics worked. If they're allowed to replicate over and over and over again, eventually you'll get boop, you'll get one that goes off the greener pasture and all of a sudden it's a little bit more virulent than the next one, right? All of a sudden, it's a little more deadly than the next one. So that's why we were trying to get so many 
vaccinated in the beginning so we could try to slow down the pace of the variants. We didn't, of course, it didn't happen. So it, it's the reason why we had Delta when we did. It's the reason why we had Omicron when we did. And, you know, BH, uh, you know, 1.55 it's, it's the reason why we keep having these variants because we still continue to have these pockets. And because we had the pockets of variants coming around, now it had time to whip back around and say, hey, yeah, I know you got vaccinated early, but I'm a new strain. So whatever vaccine you got before, it don't really matter. Right. So why why we encourage people to get boosted. So that's kind of the that was kind of our forethought, especially in the beginning with Dr. Fauci and everybody say, like, oh, let's get vaccinated, let's get vaccinated, because we were trying to slow that rate of progress down. So when you look at some of these charts, it didn't look like it just a, like a huge hill. Like, in fact, I don't know if I can pull up. I don't know if you guys can see. Um, let's see if you can. Might not be a great. I don't have a, I don't have a good view. Um, eventually, I'll be able to do this from the desktop and I can show my desktop uh, COVID cases. I'll let, I'll let that see if I can now pull up. But we, we, we have these huge spikes and huge hills because variants just run amok and then go. So now we have boosters that need to be done. And just like and, and boosters, I know is the word that we hear. But think about. Every year when we talk about getting a flu shot, that's essentially is a flu booster. We just don't call it a flu booster anymore because it's just a flu shot. So that's that's the definitely direction COVID is going. I've told people all the time. Um, do we have it's 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 so unstable right now. We can't even tell you if we're just going to do yearly. Like we haven't gotten to a point where we're so comfortable with this variant that we say, you know what, this vaccine right here and this booster will rock out for the year. We'll see y'all next year. We haven't even gotten to that point yet, which is, again, why some of us are like, oh, like we hate that it's happening. But yes, we will get some type of herd immunity. Um, and and I, I think for a lot, especially especially those who want to just kind of move on. Right. Those who can't like, all right, come on, guys, we got those. the Come on, let's just live our life, people. Right. Those people want us to, to want to believe that herd immunity is already here. I don't think it is. Or especially because not everyone's boosted. Right. So, yes, we'll get there. Um, but I do think it's still going to take some time. And especially with uh, those who need to get boosted uh, from that perspective there. Want to see. Oh, see. oh, and this is a great question. Right. Uh, I love, I love that really. um, COVID uh, will not have herd immunity unless the PANVAX works. See that? And that's that's it. Right. That's clear as day. Because I can't just give you the one vaccine and say you're good to go. Right. Like you're not going to have the herd immunity. Like I, I need it to slow down enough, slow down the deaths enough, slow down the rate of cases enough so that I can give you one shot for the year and keep it moving. And unfortunately, we're not we are not there at, at this time. Well, let's see. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and this, this is a very common one. So someone says I've had covid three times. Right. So, again, this is. There's a lot of people, right? There's a lot of people who have never gotten COVID. And there's a lot of people who have just gotten COVID a lot. One, I, I, I am so glad that you know, you've been able to have COVID three times and still continue to you know, tell us about it, right? Because I know a lot of people who've gotten it once and have not. Um, hopefully, you're, you're, you're good. Hopefully, there's no long-lasting effects. I don't know if there's some 
significant genetic component that affects more people than others. It's there's so many different variables kind of associated with it, but I'm, I'm glad you're at least here to be able to kind of talk and, and, and say that. Now, let's see here. Yeah. And then um, I had to answer this question. Uh, someone was asking about the number of deaths. Yeah. Th- that 900, like we're averaging because someone was asking about the deaths in the country, about 900 people dying yesterday. We're averaging about 3,600, 3,700 people dying a week from COVID. 36, 3,700 people dying within a week. Now, mind you, this is we're in COVID flu RSV season. So this ain't the this is definitely the worst time to have it. But th- that's kind of the numbers we're dealing with. So this is again. So that's why when you, when you see the news like this, you see us going like, oh, like, what do you mean? Because like, like people are still dying, unfortunately. Let's see here. Yep. Yeah, it's actually a very good point too, right? Because, and because uh, our same person who got it three times. First of all, again, we're glad you're here uh, to still talk about it. Because we've dealt with so many different variants. If again, obviously, I've taken care of patients during every single wave. I've taken care of patients during the initial wave when we kind of didn't know how to treat folks. Right? We were just kind of like, please make it to the next day. Which I'll be honest. The people who, they, I call it the OG strain. If you were in the hospital, March 2020, right? That March 2020, the before vaccines came around and you made it, God bless you. Because the things that we did not know if you could do or not are like standard of care. Like I, I suffer from bronchitis. And so this, this, would, this would kill me, right? So I suffer from bronchitis. I usually get it every year around cold and flu season. So I go to, and obviously I'm in the hospital. I'm a hospitalist, right? So I go to the hospital. So I go to the, the ER doctor and say, hey, yeah, you know, I'm just dealing with another case of bronchitis. And, you know, they test me for COVID. It's negative. All right, cool. Yeah, so usually I just get some steroid treatment and I'm, I'm good to go. Like, oh, no, no, we, we're not sure. This may, you know, this may be a false negative. So they wouldn't treat me with the steroids because at that time, especially early in the beginning, and I don't know if people, a lot of people realize this, we didn't even know if we thought steroids made it worse. So we wouldn't even treat you. So mind you, I'm like, I can't even breathe. They got a little oxygen on me, I can't even breathe. And I'm like, please just give me the steroids. They wouldn't give me the steroids. They finally had to be admitted to the hospital. I remember getting a COVID test four times, y'all. Four, I got four COVID tests, I got a flu test. Negative, 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 like everything's negative. And then finally the ID doctor was like, all right, let's let's just try to give him some steroids. And I was gone in like 48 hours. Right. Like like that's 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 how crazy it's been. Right. Oh, see, so someone said I was in the hospital 21. Yeah. See, <sighs> like if you were again, if you were in that hospital pre vaccine, because vaccines, let me see. I'm assuming Pfizer Pfizer's didn't come out. Until, I believe until like that December. Right. That December. Like so if you weren't. Yeah, it was rough because we were literally we, we were literally praying. We were literally praying like, all right. Like, like, maybe this will work. Maybe this will work. Maybe some antibiotics. Do I give fluids? Do I not give fluids? Like, we were just kind of, it was a wild, it was a very, very wild time early COVID. So, and again, which is, I think, another reason why I'm such a strong encourager of the vaccine. Because I saw how many lives got saved once vaccines came around. I saw 
because once vaccines came around and we had more data, so we had more treatment options in a hospital setting, right? So we can, so we, so it wasn't a death sentence to go in the hospital. The amount of FaceTime calls I did to families before I had to, you know, intubate their family member. I didn't intubate. I'm an internist. The amount of FaceTime calls, and I, I would, I'd be honest with the family and say, hey, you know what? We're, we're about to intubate your loved one. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to extubate. Those were real life conversations we had frequently. Which, which is why you see, a, and I've talked about this as far as kind of burnout, especially for those in a hospital setting. It's the reason why burnout sped up so much for those who were really taking care. Because we used to have conversations that, like that on a daily. Like imagine uh, you, you clock, if you clock, you don't, we don't clock in, right? But imagine going to the hospital and knowing that, man, if this patient gets intubated, I don't know. I do not know if they're going to make it. I'm going to throw everything out about the book, but I don't even know if they're going to make it. So that was a very big reality for us, right? So when the vaccines came around and our treatment options got better and we knew that we could use steroids and all these other things started happening, it's the reason why we became, especially people like me, became so much more vocal because I knew a lot of people had never had that level of experience. Like you, you never made a FaceTime call to a family. You never told a family, I'm sorry, you can't come, even though your loved one passed, you can't come to the hospital to see him. We have to send the body to the morgue because the person's still infectious, right? Like those weren't the type of conversations uh, people had. So it was so big for us that when we started having options to try to prevent people from seeing me, right? Again, I'm vaccinated, right? For try to prevent people from seeing us, it was the reason why we're such a strong proponent of it. And, and Epilady said it said the best, right? Which I kind of mentioned as far as with these restrictions and these uh, public health emergencies going down, underinsured, uninsured are going to take a hit. Now, mind you, underinsured, uninsured take a hit for every single thing. And I, I remember there was a lot of articles, especially in the beginning, that people were like, oh, my God, COVID has unearthed the the level of um you know, uh, I'm going to say medical noncompliance, but just as far as just the lack of access and care for these certain populations. No, they've been there. Like, we've been new about it. It's, that wasn't shocking. That wasn't surprising. COVID was just another way to say, like, hey, look what happens to it, uh, to this specific community when we talk about X disease, right? You take away COVID, that same issue happens with blood pressure. You talk about this, uh, you take away COVID, that same issue happens with um, diabetes, high cholesterol, cancer, like it, it just continued to occur. So it was for a lot of people, especially those who work on this side, we weren't shocked by it. We were like, yeah, that's unfortunately how, uh, it, it kind of goes in that regard. Let me see. So someone, someone says, uh, vaccine made them sick, terminal, yikes, give both sides. See, this is, uh, I, I like this, right? So again, like I said, we're, we're going to have a good discussion, right? So you have a lot of people, right? Let's, uh, Mr. Uh, I can't, can I put it? Uh, so this person says, vaccine made me sick, terminal, yikes, give both sides, he's terminal, yet he's talking on a TikTok, right? So this is, this is what we would be talking about, right? Especially, especially as content creators that we, we see people who kind of give comments like this because it, it may scare the others, right? Fortunately, right, for people like me, right, and a lot of content creators I follow, which I love, is we got no problem calling these kind of crazy comments out, right? Like you were terminal from a vaccine, right? Like, 
Did you make the news somewhere? Because that's usually what typically occurs, right? It's always this sensationalized story of like, oh my God, you don't want to know what happened to me when I got the vaccine. And it could happen to every single person else, even though I just mentioned like 13 billion people in this country got it. Like you think if 13 billion people, 13 B, 13 billion people got a, a vaccine of some sort, depending on which company, it doesn't matter. And there was something significantly wrong. You don't think that we would have at least at least a million people get it? At least a million. That's a small number. Right. Five hundred. Like you you don't think any relation we'd see with that. But, you know, it, it is what it is. They're kind of they're too funny. Let me see here. Let me see. I believe folks who die in Vancouver is what killed them. What was on the COVID. Also, this, this, this is right. This is a this is a very common question. This is more of a hospital related question because I remember being in a hospital. So uh, the user says, "I believe folks who die and have COVID, regardless of what killed them, will result in a COVID death." Right. So this was a big thing that was on the was in, was, was I think it must have been going through the anti vaxxer groups. Like, hey, like just tell people that the doctors in the hospital, like me. Um, are just marking down COVID deaths just to mark them now. Like that, I, again, the anti-vaxxers, uh, they're very interesting. But not to say this person's anti-vaxxer, they may be like anti-COVID-vaxxer, which is a whole nother subgroup, which is a very interesting subgroup. That, like they're okay with every vaccine, but for, for some reason, the COVID vaccine is where they have drawn the line, right? So you had this kind of theory from them that those who are on our side, those who had the right, because again, as a hospital internist, I'm the one filling out death certificates. They actually thought we were sitting back and saying like, yeah, you know, this person died from a car crash, but you know what? You know, that COVID, that COVID would go, would go good right here as a diagnosis. Like that's, that was kind of their mindset for a lot of the anti-vaxxers. I have no clue. Again, it must've been in some you know, anti-vaxxer discussion group to like bomb like other people's comments across social media platforms. But like we kind of debunked that uh, uh, quite often in that regards. Oh, ooh, yeah. So, oh, I love I love Epilator. I, Epilator, I, I think I'm following you, but I got to make sure I'm following you after uh, this fact here. Um, I think the hospital costs will shock people. Oh, yes. Because if you get diagnosed with COVID, guess who's covering for it? The government. But guess what happens now? Like, and I've, and I've already given this scenario now. I've already given this scenario. Let's say, let's say you, you, you have insurance. Let's say you have insurance. And you're the one of the ones who don't get vaccinated. And then you go to the hospital for you know, COVID-related illness. And then you get a crazy bill. And then your insurance company is like, are you vaccinated? Like, they may ask you, where are you vaccinated? Because it's, I mean, it's, a, it's in their records. Like, they'll know it. They may say, were you vaccinated? And boy, that might be a crazy discussion if they start saying like, yeah, we're not going to cover that. Maybe a crazy discussion to say we are not going to cover that. Um, let's see here. Uh, someone said, oh, uh, I can show what then what happens when you're unvaccinated from COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so bad. I, I love that because and again, those who know, if you know me, I'm a strong encourager of the vaccine. But I, I recognize I recognize I have my immunocompromised patients in the world who cannot take this vaccine. Recognize it. I recognize there are people who may have who may have allergies who literally cannot take uh, the vaccine. I recognize that. So I like I I don't you know look down at everyone who can't um, get the vaccine. I, I don't do that, right? I just recognize that hey, you know what? If you if if you can get the vaccine 
protect others from doing it. Right. Like that's that's what I stress. Like if you can do it, even if it's not necessary for yourself, think about others uh, in, in that regards. Right. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Someone said to report to Vares. 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 And I've, I've had I think I did a live on that um, as well. And those, especially for those who may come on late. Uh, um, those who may come on late. Um, I will be posting this live on our YouTube page tomorrow. Um, so you'll be able to catch it uh, in our regards. Uh, oh, I missed it. I missed it. Da, da, da. Oh, I love that. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, I think I. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. You, you swipe left to the one bit, and then now all of a sudden, like it's it it scrolls you all the way down to the bottom, right? So let's let me make sure I don't. I want to make sure I don't I don't miss anything. Oh wow, y'all 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 going crazy with the comments. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah. So I, yeah, I was talking about Vares. So Vares is one of those. It's a site where it's a public site where you can just report, you know, if you have a complication right now, again, it doesn't mean that just because you report it, that there's an automatic association with it. But if you can report it and I remember the, the anti-vax, especially in the beginning, they used to like bomb theirs, just spam them, spam them, spam them to try to drudge up, right? Controversy of, oh my God, can you, do you know that the, the vaccine causes your testicles to swell? Like it just just wow wow uh yeah healthcare costs oh yes oh shout out to shout out to team public health for those who may not know um i have a osteopathic medical degree but i also have a master's of public health thesis and program evaluation right so i'm always team public health healthcare costs over time because of long covid oh yeah that's that is shooting through the roof it's already high now costs are down because it's being subsidized but once that stops. That subsidy stops. Yeah, we are. We are gonna be wild. It's gonna be some trouble for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, yep, cobra ch- cobra change is definitely happening. Um, oh, someone said, uh, is it uh, normal to have COVID symptoms in day twelve? Yeah, um, especially uh, especially because typically the guidelines have always kind of give you that five to ten day mark. Like, hey, after five days. If you got COVID and, you know, you're treated, all right, you're good to go. You can go back to normal. But they always stretch it up to 10, right? Because that's kind of the average. But I, I've had patients, after a couple of weeks, they're still dealing with kind of chest congestion. After a couple of weeks, you know, there's still maybe a little bit of a foggy sensation, um, you know, sore throat. Like that, that can kind of occur. Cough is usually the one that usually stays around the longest. I've had a patient for like almost four weeks uh, with the cough and it just never went anywhere um, in that regards. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, people! Shout out to people in Florida. Yeah, Florida's Florida. Yeah, y'all already know. Yeah, y'all know I'm a Florida resident, right? So, and you know, I got DeSantis over here. So, you know, I I, I deal. I, I you know, I got to deal with DeSantis. <laughs> oh, too funny. Oh, let's see. Let's see here. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Someone said their cousin, their husband. I'm sorry. I almost said someone said cousin. Uh, my husband had uh, COVID over Christmas. And I still haven't gotten it. We're at church hours. Yeah. Like, again, I don't know how. I don't know how it happened. Like my literally my whole family. I got three kids. Uh, yeah. But let's see. On there, I got three kids, three kids and a wife. All three of them had COVID. All three of them tested positive for COVID. I ain't got it. 
And they all looked at me wild. Because especially, especially uh, at the time, uh, the guidelines were still kind of iffy on what to do with kids. So they were out of school for like two weeks. They were out of school for like two weeks because the guidelines were like, all right, they got to be out for like 10 days. Even though um, if it was two of them had tested negative, but because the third one still remained positive, like the whole household had to, had to, had to, had to stay put. Tested positive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, someone said it was China Doll says she tested positive for the first time. Uh, today, everyone else in the home is negative. Yeah. And, and, and it's one of those things where, especially from a symptomatic standpoint, like you might have gotten symptomatic. The others might not have been symptomatic. So they might have been rocking with it like a week or so beforehand. Possible. I don't know. And, and then by the time you get it, you're like, oh, I'm not feeling good. And boom, you go to test and then I'm positive. But by the time we go to check everyone else, it's kind of clear. And, and it's not surprising if, you know, people in... Uh, your house never tests positive. It's, it's just a very, and again, we're, again, we're, we're only three years, we're only three years plus into dealing with COVID, right? Oh, uh, you want to join me live? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, give, give me a, give me a second. We got someone, we have um, someone who wants to join us live. I love that. Uh, give me a second here. Where can we, uh, how do I, no, that's all right. I'll, I'll figure out, I'll figure out how to uh, add you on here. Uh, to the live. Uh, uh, oh, very great question. Uh, do you think COVID is here to stay, meaning it will never go away regardless of herd immunity? Yes. COVID's not going nowhere. It's not going nowhere. We got to be, we just got to understand that, like, yep, this is what we're going to have to deal with. But yeah, COVID's not going nowhere. Now, uh, especially, like, just just like monkeypox hasn't went away, we just, you know, just not all in the news. Eventually, we want to get it to the point where the numbers are low, the deaths are low. Um, we have multiple options on an outpatient basis to treat. And our, we don't have to worry about our hospitalizations being overran by a COVID flu RSV surge. Like we want to get to that point. I, we're not there yet, um, but that's the point we want to get to. But that's why, that, you know, COVID ain't going nowhere. Uh, don't forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so someone said, don't forget. And I love this. We got because we got to highlight because, again, be, the reason reason why it's free is because it's being subsidized. Don't forget to get your free mask paid for by insurance each month. Like if you have not if you if you're walking around here, you haven't got your free mask, you haven't got your free testing. You better take advantage of it because you're going to you, you at least keep it somewhere. Right. Because once you can't get it, uh, it's trouble. Yeah, we're going to figure out how to get uh, we'll figure out how to get. Uh, Chow Papa uh, online. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see here. Long COVID. Yeah, so someone, uh, Darla asked, what about long COVID? Yeah, so long COVID is definitely the discussion, right? And and I talked about, I've been, ta- I've been talking about this a lot as far as our transition. Because initially, when we used to talk about, like, the mortality rate, and like, oh, COVID only kills one to two percent, one to two percent. Like that was a big thing for those who were against the vaccine, against, you know, social distancing and all this other stuff. For those people, like that's what they used to stay on. And I used to argue like, yeah, that's that's OK. But like if a lot of people get COVID, even if they don't die, they're going to have to deal with the effects of it. Right. They're going to have to deal with the effects of always maybe needing, you know, uh, an inhaler 
being on oxygen, um, you know, uh, decreased fatigue. Some people have brain fog. They're going to have to deal with these long term effects. If you're if you're going to be on disability, I surely believe that COVID will be one of the number one diagnoses for people going on disability in the next decade or so. Like that's what we're going to have to deal with uh, over time, which is why we, we were trying so hard uh, for people not to get COVID. We don't want you to get COVID because w even if you live, because we're doing a good job keeping you alive now, even if you live, you still got to deal with all of those. Let me share here. Yeah, I wonder if we can. Uh, oh, uh, so this is a very good question here. So, um, Garden Agent says, I'm, uh, yes. So they asked, am I a hospitalist? So the answer is yes, I am a hospitalist. Am I seeing an increase in COVID emissions? I would say it's pretty steady. And especially when I see, because I, I, I practice in three different realms. So I practice in a acute care center. Like, like if you initially get sick, 911 to a hospital, boom. I'm in the acute care center. I practice in a long-term care center. So if you've been in an acute care hospital for a while, like let's say you've had COVID, let's say you've had some type of infection, let's say you've had some type of wound or something where you're, you're, you're healthy enough to not necessarily be in the acute care center, but you're too sick to go to like a nursing home or rehab, boom, you come to a long-term care center and I've taken care of patients uh, in a rehab center. So I see patients at all three different levels and I still see COVID at all three different levels. Um, again, much improved, uh, especially at its peak, uh, but definitely uh, something something to uh, come up. Uh, yeah, yeah. How do I? How do I? Uh, I'm not sure if I. How do I add people on live? Because very good question. I don't know how to. Must be somewhere. I don't. Well, that, trust me, we'll find. We'll, we will definitely find. Yeah, like I wonder if I can. Oh, nope. Oh, I think I think we got it. I think we got it. All right. Hello, doctor. How are you? All right. All right. So, first of all, thank you for joining the live. No problem. Um, and the reason why is because I think a lot of times, especially when people talk about COVID, especially now, we talk about it in the abstract. We talk about mm -hmm. like just this thing to know. And we never want to connect people to like a face. We never want to connect a face to the disease. So so mm -hmm. tell people about yourself. Well, you, you said you're a long hauler. Tell you said you were in the hospital for a long you you were in the hospital mm -hmm. during the time where it was tough to be in the hospital. Talk about that. A five percent chance to live and I lived. You know, so I got COVID of January of 2021. Um, actually, when I went into the hospital was um, on the 25th of January of the 2021. Uh, it's going to be, uh, I lasted five and a half months in the hospital, uh, six weeks in a coma, trach, ventilator, feeding tube, ECMO. I had to be airlifted to a different hospital for ECMO. Um, they had to put eight one-way valves in my left lung because it popped because my heart was going to stop. And I barely survived COVID. Um, me and my mom and my daughter, we were not we weren't not against the vaccine. We scheduled our appointment at the beginning of January. They couldn't get us until February 6th to get the vaccine because everybody was getting it. Like it was okay. that book. So we took a vacation to Las Vegas um, where my mom contracted COVID. And I had to take care of her and leave our vacation early. 
uh, we both had to be intubated um, uh, because while I was in the hospital in ICU, about four days into the hospital, my left lung popped from COVID. So I was at 50% oxygen. Um, and then when it popped, they put me at 100%, had to put me on my stomach. And then the doctor said, hey, look, your only option is intubation, and you might not even survive there. Um, they, I mean, the first uh, respiratory therapist kind of didn't convince me. And then a couple hours later, they said, look, you're dropping dramatically. I mean, I was in the low 70s on breathing. I was coming I mean, coughing for air. And I told the last rep uh, respiratory therapist, I, I had asked her, I said, um, how are you? And she's like, I'm good. And I said, what type of person are you? And she looked at me weird. I said, just, are you that one that, excuse my language, BSs or are you straightforward? Uh. And she's like, you want the truth? I said, tell me the truth. She's like, you're going to die. And I was like, okay. I said, so if I get intubated, she's like, you got 5% maybe less chance to live. She's like, that's your only option. She's like, this is why we're in here trying to save you. And I was like, all right. You know, so she convinced me. And yeah, um, that was what led me into a six-week coma. Um, while I was in my coma this weekend, uh, my mom passed away from COVID. Uh, she passed away on her birthday, which will be Saturday. She passed away February 4th while I was in my coma. Uh, rest from in peace. Um, so I lasted uh, six weeks, like I said, in my coma. Uh, but the crazy part, doctor, is uh, I heard everything when I was in my coma. Everything. You know, I told everybody, if you can talk to them, talk to them, because I heard everything. I freaked out the doctors and nurses when I woke up from my coma. I was number four at from the time that I woke up. Okay, number four out of 384 people to survive from the time I left the hospital. And every single one of us was unvaccinated. Every single one of us. You, you know, you know what's so tough about that? I mean, the story, I mean... This like I can close my eyes and I'm just hearing your story, and it just sounds like so many of the patients we used to have to take care of. Like especially when you talk about and he he mentioned having to lay on his stomach at the time to try to get as much oxygen as we can before we would intubate people. We would put people prone to try to help with oxygenation. Now mind you again, and that respiratory therapist, you know she you could tell she spoke from the heart. Because we knew, like, if we had to intubate this person here, I don't know. Like, we knew in our heart. But we knew that, all right, we're at the point where there's nothing else we can do if we don't right. intubate. That's right. You know, so you, I, I could see you going through that whole, I mean, I'm just, like, I'm mentally picturing it because, like, you remind me so much of all of the patients. And then what's worse, especially when you just talk about your mom, the amount and the amount of families. And again, this is this is one of those things where again, when I talk about how burnout has sped up uh, in 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 the healthcare setting, especially for those who take care of people in the hospital, it's because we lost right. We the healthcare we would lose families. Like it wasn't like this one person here and then the whole like no, we would lose families i like i remember i i lost one set of twins over here i lost a sister over here like mm -hmm. and while i'm taking care of the brother it was it was so common especially when especially when it was the wild wild west mm -hmm. and the only thing we could do was like all right if 
maybe if I could get this machine to breathe long enough, your body will be strong enough to turn the corner. Because at that time, we're just kind of, yep, we're just praying. We're just praying that if maybe if we give it just enough time, their body will turn around and fight it. Because we've thrown everything we can. You're right. So I mean, your your story is uh, so touching because again, it and it just brings me back, especially when you say your mom. Because like I remember having, I, I took care of multiple families, and mm -hmm. and what's worse, right? And especially you said you can hear. I, I had a few patients tell me that they can, and that that's why even now. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't care how many medications you're on. I'm introducing myself. Hey, I'm about to listen. Mm -hmm. Like I want you to know because I'm like just in case. Yep. This is one of the people who can actually hear what I'm doing. I want them to at least know that I'm acknowledging them as a person. And, and, and I could tell you probably one of the toughest things someone had to do was when you were able to come out six weeks later and someone had to be the first person to tell you, yeah. hey. See, this is how I knew who my doctors were, okay? So I was seeing three different physicians. Um, they were all my care. So the way they had it set it up, it was two doctors um, I don't know, there was every two patients, and then the first one was for all patients. That's how they had, like, a subdivision going. And um, I remember some random nurse holding my hand telling me, you know, Robert, don't die, don't die. Many of you guys have died. And I was yelling in my head, like, I'm right here, mm -hmm. you know. So finally, uh, it was about four and a half, maybe five weeks, they called my daughter and they said, hey, we need you to come up here. We're going to let your dad go because they didn't think I was going to survive. Mm. I was showing no signs of improvement, nothing. So I remember all three doctors walked into the room. I had no idea who these doctors were. And they told the nurse, can you step out? Two of the doctors said, yes, I agree. The third one said no. So my daughter came. I remember her holding my hand. And damn, did I fight to, like, tell her, I'm right here, baby girl. Mm. I tried so damn hard to wake up, doctor. So damn hard, yelling in my brain, like, I'm right here. I can hear you. So when the doctor said no, I had finally woke up. Um, I remember doctors and nurses running in and said, don't move. We're putting you back to sleep. We got to take the tube out. And so... I don't know how long, I want to say maybe a couple of days I was out because I was in and out, like on so much drugs, you know. And finally, when I came to my senses, I had called all three doctors and I finally got to meet them. And I finally had the courage to say, hey, this is going to sound so weird, but I need you guys to do this for me. And they looked at me and I said, just please do it. I'll explain when I'm done. So I said, talk amongst each other, whatever you want to talk about. Um, when I tell you to stop talking. I'll let you know, and I'll explain why. So one of them started talking, and I said, please stop talking. And I said, the other two continue. Then I told the second one, stop talking. And I looked at both of them, and I said, doctors, I have no grudge. I hold no grudge against you. I understand that you guys didn't want you know, me to suffer and the family to suffer and start mourning. I said, I hold no hate or no nothing but love to you guys. And they looked at me. I said, you two wanted to discharge me like turn off the machines because you didn't think I was going to survive. And they looked at me and like, how did you know those two? I said, I remembered your voices. I said, that's how I could tell you guys from apart. Then my other doctor, Dr. Campbell, I looked at him and I said, Dr. Campbell, I want to thank you for saying no. And Dr. Campbell actually started crying because he's like, I can't believe you heard us. 
I said, I heard everything. I remember the nurse talking to me, telling me, Robert, don't die. I finally got to meet the nurse. And I explained it to her word for word. And she's like, oh, my God, you did hear. And I was like, yeah, I heard you. I remember calling my daughter and she's like, because my voice was so graspy, it didn't sound the same. She's like, this is not my father. And I was like, I call her mijitas. Uh, and I, I call her flacas. I flacas that's me, baby girl. She's like, if you're my dad, where do we go to go eat? And we talk in private. And I was like, really, Mia? I was like, we go to Chachi's restaurant. And she started crying. Wow. She's like, oh, my God, Dad. Wow. She's like, it's you. And I was like, yeah, it's me, Mia. I'm here. And she's like, and see, I thought I was in the same hospital. I didn't know they airlifted me when I was in my coma for ECMO. Because uh, when I yeah. said, can I have my daughter come see me? I can have visitors. And they're like, yeah, you can. But they're like, we don't think she's going to make it. And I was like, what do you mean? And as I, first thing in my mind was like, what happened to my daughter? Like, holy crap, you know? And um, they're like, no. They're like, do you know where you're at? And I made them laugh. I'm like, yeah. I said, I'm over here at Mountain Regional Medical Center. And they're like, no, sir, you're at Presbyterian Hospital. And I'm like, where the F is that? I told them. Wow. And they're like, we had to airlift you four hours away for ECMO. I was like, oh, I guess she's not going to make it then. And they started laughing, you know, because I didn't know. Right. I thought it was still in the hospital, just in a room I've never seen before, you know? Right. And then for those who are on the live, like ECMO, again, was one of those last resort. Yeah. Like, so when when I, when I, when I'm, again, I'm hearing your story and I'm just hearing like, oh yeah, they, it was Hail Mary all around. <laughs> They're like, we are going to try every single thing. Mm-hmm. And and that's what we were doing. We were trying every single thing, trying to figure like, all right, maybe this will work. Maybe that'll work. Because we had seen so many failures, we were hoping like, ah, like we're hoping like, all right, maybe this. And then, you you know, you'd run into another failure, another failure, right? Another one of the family members passed away. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially I I can I can definitely tell. You can tell I had my trach. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see it. I see. And And obviously you're still obviously you're still on oxygen. Yeah, I still need um, I am on oxygen 24 seven. Um, um, it's only my left lung. I go to pulmonary and physical therapy three days a week. Um, I have a myocarditis cardiologist. I have a vascular neurologist. I mean, it's so many things that I have to do, you know, and it's just my whole month. And I tell everybody this, and I'm putting it in my book. Um, I tell everybody, if you survive COVID, your problems are just starting. Mm. I said, do you think Ooh, that's, that's a, that's a word? That is a... I said, pro- your problems are just starting. You cannot work. You have brain fog. You cannot sleep. Constant headaches, constant pains. I have PTSD real bad. I had to get a service dog. And the reason wh- I have dreams about all the time is because where my room was at, um, I seen the bodies coming out every day. Uh, That's the only way in and out. There was no other exit. It was all like it was hazarded off, you know. And I've seen countless bodies coming in. The only thing you think in your head is, when is it my turn? That's the only thing you can think of, though. You know, um, hospital bills. Uh, mine surpassed over $6 million. My insurance paid $1.9 million and dropped me. So you're in debt regardless. I mean, I had to file bankruptcy. I had to do everything. I mean, you lost. I lost everything. My home, my cars, everything. I was the sole provider for my family. Especially because not not only are you in a hospital, you're out for so long, and it's not like the bills pause. Oh no! Right? And, and <laughs> like they keep they keep coming like 
and 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 mm. there is no there is no aid right for those who need who actually need the help. And right, I so was blessed because my were, daughter, were you like the primary breadwinner as well too? Was that was that another issue for you? But my daughter had to step up and still go to school and work full time just to pay the bills until I filed for a disability and got, finally got it approved. Um, but which, it's hey, just which a, tell them, tell them it ain't easy. Despite well, this, like we're looking at you, and it's clear that you're disabled. Yeah. yeah. But you you would think it would be a simple couple nope. check marks here and then approval, good to go. Fourteen months to get approved. You know, and most people have to file appeals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mine took 14 months um, because all my doctors sent my medical work records to the fullest. Um, And it just, it's horrible. And I tell everybody, what I get on disability a month, I made every six days at work. Mm. I went from a six-figure salary to nothing, (laughs) you know. And I tell everybody, you don't want this, like. You think you do, and you think it's a joke, you know. Like you were saying earlier, people want to use the 2%. I'm going to put this 2% in this scenario, okay? Okay, let's take that 98% survival, 2%. You're at a baseball game at the Yankees game, 50,000 people, 2%. That means 1,000 people are going to get COVID. What 1,000 people it's going to be, we don't know. Now, two days later, there's another game. 50,000 more people, another 1,000. I said, it spreads like a wildfire, guys. Not only that, you guys may not get it as strong, but you're going to may give it to somebody who's not going to have the same chance. You. Why would you want that on your conscience? We all have people that are immune compromised. We all have family members, friends. Like I got, I used to have grandparents. They were immune compromised. You think I want to pass that to them? Like I never even got to go to my mother's funeral because I was in the hospital. You know, and I tell people, you guys just don't want this. You don't. It's not a joke, you know. It's going to get you. And people say, oh, how was your health poor? Yada, 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 this and that. And I tell them. Oh, yeah, they always try to. It's always a victim blame. It's always always a victim blame that tries to occur. Like, oh, well, are you healthy? Like, it don't matter. It does not matter. COVID does not discriminate. COVID does not discriminate on who it wants to really get ill. And look what happened to trainers that died. Here, here's also the kicker, doctor. Not only has society suffered, but I've also mentioned this many, many times at my speeches. Our medical staff, our healthcare workers have suffered more than we have. And let me tell you why. You guys, we didn't, I knew you guys were always super important, but till I seen it for myself, you guys are like the frontline doctors. You may not take bullets physically, but you're taking them mentally. And the reason I'm saying this is because I've seen so many bodies coming out. I ask myself, how many nurses are going out of the room into a private room asking, what can I have done different? Uh-huh. Crying their tears uh-huh. out. How uh-huh. many doctors are questioning their medical stuff saying, what can we do any different? This is happening too much. I mean, you, I don't know how you guys hung on. Like, I mean, and I'm not saying you're hanging on. I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. You? I think, you know, it's so fun. And I, 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 I talk about this when, when I see tragedies occur and mass shootings and all this stuff. And I say, wow, like I, I go to school, I get years of training just to be able to mm-hmm. kind of block it off so I can I don't run into another room screaming. Mm-hmm. I said, I don't know how the general public 
is able to absorb like the yeah. news that is like coming at them forthright. Mm -hmm. So when, when you talk about seeing, you know, body after body, right? When, when you talk about having the conversations over and over and over again, when you talk about saying, man, like, all right, I couldn't say this one too. Like that, that is, it, it's such harmful uh, to the psyche. It's such mm -hmm. harmful to, you know, physicians and nurses and RTs and PTs and OTs and like CNAs and every single person who consistently has to like, first of all, shout out to the CNAs, right? Cause they had to clean it. Right? Like it, it was, it's so tough that again, uh, you said it best. I don't like, I don't know how we deal with it. I just know that we understand that we're the ones who are supposed to do it. So when, when mm -hmm. I say like, all right, I'm okay being the one who's put this, is what I signed up for. I don't want other people like voluntarily having to deal with that. Right. Yeah. And I get that. But just to put you guys in that kind of situation, I don't even know how you guys go home and try to be focused for your families. Mm. If you're mm. stressing at work, imagine just going home. Like I, this is why I tell everybody, everybody that knows me that follows me, I hold you guys to the highest. Like I will back every true healthcare worker in science up behind that because at the end of the day you guys are the real MVPs like because of you guys I'm still here with my kids and a million plus people can't say that you know and that's not including the 33% long haulers you know yeah. that are still so aren't taking into consideration 33% is the number right now for all long haulers that is a huge amount you know, and people are not seeing that. I say you're only seeing they made this political. When has science been political? Never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We can have that. We can have a whole. Yeah. That... <laughs> we got a whole, like, yeah, like, like it used to be just very matter of fact. And when, when it became that, when it became the fact that I was I was having to argue facts versus thoughts, and I was like, "All right, this doesn't make any sense. Like, what am I doing here?" Yeah, and and, and especially because we're talking about people. We're like, we're not talking about numbers. I'm not talking about hypothesis. We're literally talking about people here. Yes. Shout, oh, shout out to all of the roses. Oh, we appreciate that. Shout out to Thank all you. of the roses. That's, I, don't, I haven't. I've been so entranced. I haven't even been looking at the comments. Yeah, they made it political because of money. You're right, they did. Yeah, yeah. It's and it and it's and it's so tough because now, when when you hear someone on one side versus the other, you never know whether the intention is general, right? You whether you what you never know is like, all right, did they really? I mean, genuine. Like you never like, do they really? Are they really care about what they're saying? Do they really care about making sure that the people get who they need to get, or is it just for a political buck? Like again. I don't know a everybody. week go by. Like there's not a week that goes by that people don't say that I am a political shell or I'm a, I'm a, a you know, I work for the pharmacists. I mean, for the pharmaceutical industry, not a week goes by. It's so funny. I'm like, like, just please tell me who gets paid. So I can, I, I want to get paid if I can, but I, I can assure I, you, I don't. I, I, when they say you're paid by big pharma, I'll like, bro. I lost $200,000 house. I live in a ghetto apartment. I lived in a hotel. You think if I was paid by Big Pharma, I'd be living in this dump? Like, really? <laughs> like, you know, and I tell everybody, I don't go to a politician for medical advice. I go to a doctor. <laughs> like, really? Get it out of here. 
You know, they want to, and again, I, I don't hate on nobody's religion. I respect everybody's religion. Whatever you preach is whatever you preach. But I tell everybody this, the doctor saved me. God is healing me. And they're like, oh, no, God saved you. I said, no, if I have two broken arms and two broken legs, I don't go to a church to get healed. I go to a doctor to fix me. <laughs> then I go to God so he can heal me. <laughs> Tell me I'm lying. Tell me I'm lying. I said, so if you have two broken legs, you're going to go to a church to get healed? Like, no, you're going to go see a doctor. Right. They're the ones right. fixing you. <laughs> oh, I, I love that. I love this. Heck, girl said, God. And this this, this is usually my my comeback, right? Especially because, you know, I got to, you know, it's, because uh, people I talk to, right, is a lot of, you know, very religious people. And they always say, like, no, nah, no, nah, God got me. And I say, no, nah, God, God sent me here to take care of you. Like, he, he's sending, like, I'm the messenger. I'd be like, I'm the messenger. He's sending me. Like, like, accept the message. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no. And they laugh when I say that. It's the truth. I don't go to a church to get healed, like, to fix my broken arms. I go to a doctor because he knows yep. what he's doing. <laughs> So, I, 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 I stress that all the time. Tell, tell people, like, because I know you, because you kind of mentioned that you got a book. Like, tell people, like, you know, like what you're working on. When can I get? When... I've been I've been writing on a book. It's slowing me down a little bit because of finances and my uh, headaches and everything. But I've done everything. I've studied long COVID so much. I've gone. I've spoken to countless doctors, actually uh, scientists about everything, getting a bunch of background pre-review proven studies everything but it's about my journey everything's about my journey and what COVID has done not just to me but to a lot of us and I'm hoping to have it out by November December this year and I'm going to put it also on ebook and everything and all that and what I'd like to do is everybody's like oh well you're going to make good money no what I'd like to do because of the insurances um, I'd like to uh, donate 50% of everything to long haulers because they're not covering a lot of our medications. I mean, my inhaler alone is three hundred and sixty-six dollars a month. Oh, now we can we can go on a whole tangent for my COPD ears. COPD as a medication has always been ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. So, and again, like if you're a COVID long COVID, guess which medications you're about to be on. Guess which medications you're going to have to decide. All right, do I eat or I do I take this inhaler for the month? Yeah. And that's like, sad that we live in a country that's so rich that we have to choose between rent and food or medical. Right. That's what's so sad, you know. And it just, yeah, but that's what I've always done. So I'm trying to find somebody that will handle the the finance part where I can just help anybody, even if it's helping you with $100 for your medical and you're a long hauler, boom, I'm in. Like, I'm for it. Because I know if it wasn't for my TikTok family that I have, I'll be a real doc. I wouldn't be here. My TikTok family has helped me so much, not just support wise, but financially, but helping me buy my medications. And I tell them, you don't have to send it to me. Just pay the pharmacy. We'll set something up, you know, this and that. And um, I'm, I owe my gratitude to my TikTok family, all my medical creators. I follow a lot of doctors, nurses. They follow me back, you know. Well, let me let me tell you something because I have I have a I do a lot of things on social media, but I have a podcast as well too. So whenever um, you know your your book gets out, you wanna you wanna hop on the podcast. Uh, okay. we'll, we can we can definitely uh, we will definitely get you on there, right? So I, I see someone um, Lux Hair Collection, right? And I want to I want to kind of talk about um, you know some of their discussion, right? Because this this is a thing that 
I see a lot happen, especially with during this pandemic, is that there has been this weird. Oh, thank you for blocking them. Uh, we're gonna talk about it, but thank you for blocking them. There has been this weird, you know, like twist of the story that physicians don't really care about nutrition, don't really focus on preventative care, don't really, like there's just been this weird twist of the story that they feel that we want to jump directly to just giving you a medication, right? No, we no, appreciate it. Appreciate for um, kicking them out because they were just spamming us anyways. And it, it could be so far from the truth, right? Like no physician, especially primary care, especially especially my primary care internist, family medicine, pediatrician, uh, even those in the hospital, uh, we don't want to have to give you the medication, right? We don't want to have to do the surgical intervention, right? Mm-hmm. We want you to do the things that prevent you from there. Yeah. But when we see that you've kind of gotten past that point, we're not going to not exclude it. Like we're not mm-hmm. going to act like, like, all right, like just go back and, you know, eat right. You should be fine. I know you just had a heart attack, right? So this, like this, this, this change of the story that has got people to feel that we as healthcare professionals don't like care about making sure people are are taking care of their nutrition and don't care about making sure people are are focusing on eating the right things, exercising all those things. It's just a revisionist history. It's very weird to us. Like so, like now when you when even like when we talk now when people say like oh. Like, oh, you guys only push this. You guys don't provide for medicine. I'm like, where y'all been at? Like, before COVID, many of us used to say, hey, you know what? If you wash your hands, if you uh, wear a mask, guess what? You don't have to worry about the flu, right? If you wear exercise, we used to say the same things. But once you get past that point, we're going to tell you, like, hey, get your shot. Like, so it's just uh, just wild to me. And that's... And that's always an argument because they always feel like, nah, we're only trying to push like the pharmaceutical company. I, I'm, I'm Haitian, right? So I have a lot of family members who, who like, even though they see me all across these social media platforms, like, I still got to convince them, right? I still mm-hmm. got to convince them that, like, eating isn't the only way that they're going to get what they need to get, right? So, like, we understand it. Um, but, like, just to think that we only care about pushing like controlled medications and we don't care about your nutrition. We don't care about all the functional medicine. We don't care about all of these other things. It just, it doesn't, it's never made any sense for us. Exactly. He's right. You know, and it just, Paige, hello, Miss Paige. Love you too. It's just crazy. Like people say, Oh yeah, I know. And I used to make videos. They'd say, I know five people that died from the vaccine. I said, do me a favor, tag me in the video, show me the death certificate where it says the vaccine was the cause of death. Mm-hmm. And I video proving your statement oh i'm not gonna do that okay as i saw all of a sudden you know five seven ten people like really i said if the vaccine was so bad in my condition i was unvaccinated guys i said it would have killed me i'm four times vaccinated like come on now you know but it's just all nonsense and then i seen some of these videos where they have vaccine injuries and i'm like really yeah like really come on like you guys are gonna go that far in debt to get clout or get famous or whatever. Oh yeah, they are. They are. They 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 bombarded school board meetings. Yeah, right? They bombarded yeah. discussion board meetings. Like they were just so rampant with their lies, and and fortunately, in in this day and age where you had uh, those on this side oh. ready to just be just to match their energy, because yeah. there was a time, and I, I tell people all the time, like right now, right. 
Um, we just dealt with a measles outbreak in out of Ohio. And, and the reason why we dealt with a measles outbreak in Ohio is because like 15, 20 years ago, you had one of these celebrity people saying like the MMR vaccine causes this, 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 and that. And because we weren't active in combating it at that time, 20 years later, we're dealing with measles. Like that's what happens. So we are, we are much better at, you know, being able to kind of stand up and say like, ah, no, 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 that ain't, that ain't really what it is. And, and, and that's why, again, that's why I appreciate your story because it's like, I can, I can talk all day, right? I can tell people all day what I've seen, what I've seen, but no one's going to look at you and be like, nah, he's, he's doing it for a paycheck. I've, I've told people this and even people that are, you know, I say people from the younger generation. Sure, some people have gotten myocarditis from the vaccine, but it lasts a week tops. And tops. you're good. I said, try myocarditis without the vaccine. I said, I sit down watching a movie and my heart rate's 160, sitting down. Mm. I said, it's 10 times worse, guys. And I've also said to anybody against these so-called vaccine injuries, I said, I will take all my medical records from before till covid after COVID and put your medical records and let's put it public and see how the results come out. And they won't do it. Yeah. I said, I'm not afraid to show my medical records. They're actually on my page. I've posted them on my page. Yeah. I said, because I want people to understand that it's not a lie. COVID is real, you know? And it's like, if you want this, good luck. But I don't wish this on my worst enemy. This is not a life to live. Yeah. You know? Oh, uh, let me see. Oh, come on, Saturday. Hit it. Uh, oh, I would, I would love to join. I would love to join. Uh, make sure if you could, if you could DM me, I would, I would definitely love to. Because again, I think, I think it's gonna be stories like yours, and I guess Heather, like it's gonna be more stories like you guys, uh, especially, especially now that long COVID is continuing to be the thing. Like it's, it's gonna be your story that's really gonna help resonate uh, with so many other people. No problem. But I need to get off, doctor. I got to take some meds and then relax. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, about, I'm about to get out of here, too. Hey, first of all, I want to say I, I appreciate you. Um, no, thank you. Obviously, sorry for your loss, right? Sorry yeah. for, you know, the experience that you had to go through. But I'm I'm glad that you're at least here to kind of tell your story. And I know you have bigger and better things coming for you. I can just kind of feel it. I can kind of sense it. And again, I'm honest, like when you're when you're ready, like I said, I have a podcast. I do I do this podcast thing. I do okay. it more than TikTok, right? So when you're ready to tell your, you can you can come on. You can whatever you want to do. You let me know, and my platform is yours as well. Thank you, Doctor. I appreciate it. Everybody in the comments, thank you for the gifts, everything. Millie, everybody, you know, you guys just stay safe out there, guys. Seriously, like, you know, over here in my state up north, it's getting real bad. Hospitals are full again. And that's up north. I live down south, thank God. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, well, I, in, and I live in Florida where we act like it ain't happening. No. <laughs> we, we act like it ain't happening. Oh, someone asked podcast. Hello. Um, I have a Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry podcast. Uh, I have my YouTube channel, Medicine Mondays. Um, so it, the link's all in my bio. Um, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. We, we'll, we'll definitely make sure that that makes that happen. All right, doctor. Well, I started following you just so you know and everything. Um, and everybody, if you want to see my medical records, that's just the beginning. It's way more now. I had to jump on the state insurance because I had uh, federal government insurance and they mm. dropped me after a cap. You know, they said no more. And I'm like, well, 
I pay you guys $489 a month for the last 15 years and you're just dropping me like really? <laughs> yep. Yep. It's a dirty it's a dirty game. Oh yeah. It. It, you know. But hey, we're still here. We got to keep pushing somehow. Indeed. So. All right, y'all have a great night. Uh appreciate everyone for joining. Uh you know, this week we do this Thursday nights 9 p.m. Um, I will be there Saturday, 7 p.m. I'm there. I'm not sure who's live I'm joining, but someone's going to DM me to let me know. Y'all be blessed.